welcome to the inaugural uh, edition, the inaugural episode of Cat Chat, the Daily Northwestern's new sports podcast. I'm your host, Daily Sports Editor Cole Paxton. With me today is uh, Assistant Sports Editor and lacrosse beat writer Ben Pope to talk a little Northwestern lacrosse. Ben, pleasure to have you on this uh, pilot uh, episode of the podcast today. Thanks. Uh, good to be here. So uh, we'll just get right into it, Ben, uh, talking Northwestern lacrosse. If you could just give us a crash course, basically, of this team, uh, how they're doing this season, um, kind of what the standards are for this program. Um, well, I don't think it's any secret that uh, the past decade has been pretty fruitful for Northwestern lacrosse. Um, uh, seven national titles, um, pretty legendary program. They regularly face the top teams in the country every year. Um, but it's been a few years now since they've been uh, a, a real championship team. And um, this season, uh, just 7-6 and six overall. But you have to take that with a big grain of salt. They play arguably the toughest schedule in the country. Um, just looking at the teams they've played so far, number 8 Notre Dame, number 4 USC, number 5 Syracuse, number 2 UNC, and even coming up uh, this Thursday, number 5 Penn State, and in a couple weeks, number one, Maryland. So uh, Northwestern's playing the toughest competition they, they can, and they've still won four of their last five. Uh, so they seem to be coming together at the right time. Um, definitely one of the biggest factors this season has been the continued injury absence of Selena Lasota, who um, has not played since the first four games of the season. Um, but the sophomore and freshman classes especially, and more so than years past, have really stepped up and are providing not only a boost this season, but also a, a bright future for years ahead. You mentioned, Ben, that Northwestern's coming on strong. They've won four of their last five. Do you think that the Cats have finally found the right recipe for success without their all-world player in Selena Lasota, who, when she's on the field, is usually the best player out there for either team? Well, I don't know if they've found the perfect recipe, but it's they've definitely sort of figured out how to operate without her. Uh, they've gotten some impact from, from new faces, uh, like Liza Elder, um, who has eight goals and uh, had not scored, did not score in any of the four games in which Lasota appeared, so that's all been since then. Um, some, some other underclassmen like Megan Duffy uh, have, have stepped up, and then also um, you still have Christina Esposito and Danita Stroop, who are, are both pretty big impact players themselves. Uh, Stroop had six goals in their last game, a 15-8 to eight win over Ohio State. Uh, so when you can get six goals from one player, that's a pretty good impact. So they're finding ways to get offensive contributions without Lasota. Ben, you've mentioned lots of contributions from different players. You talked about the six goals from Danita Stroop. Is there anything that you can point to why players are stepping up, or is it just maybe one game someone's having a particularly good day and Northwestern is relying on that player? Uh, well, I think the balance has been more. There, there's been more balance this year than in years past. Um, like I said, Esposito and Stroop are big scorers, but then you also have um, players like Katie and Grilly who has 18 goals this year. Nestlebush, as you said, has 11. And there are some younger players like Elder, as I mentioned, and, um, and some others that, that are also chipping in offensively. So I think it's sort of an offense-by-committee approach. Um, but with the new shot clock this year, it's been a bit of a transition for, for all the teams in the league to figure out how to operate on a sort of faster pace and... Um, without being able to really stall with the lead. Uh, it's led to some higher scores around, and 
Um, it seems to be that Northwestern is figuring out how to do that at the right time, and they have a pretty wide variety of players uh, who can contribute uh, on a game-to-game basis. I'm looking at the schedule here, and you talked off the top about how difficult a schedule Northwestern plays, probably the most difficult in the country with so many top ten opponents. And they got that big win against number eight Notre Dame on the road in early February. But since then, it's been a lot of losses uh, to ranked teams and a lot of close losses. I'm looking at an overtime defeat to USC, a a weird low-scoring game against Syracuse, lost to UNC, lost to Penn. Is there any sense of frustration do you gather from being around this team regularly that they're just not quite getting over the hump against some of the best teams in the country? Uh, I think it's, as always, they like to take it on a game-by-game basis, and obviously you're going to have a tougher time against better teams, so I don't think that's too much of a surprise. Uh, But they've still picked up some quality wins. Uh, The one over Johns Hopkins, that's a a team that went in with a significantly better record, albeit not a better ranking than Northwestern, and they managed to pull out a real controversial, thrilling win in that one. And they still have plenty of opportunities left. Two of their last four games are against top five teams, and they'll definitely meet some more of those highly ranked teams in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. So while they they haven't uh, had the greatest track record against top ten teams thus far, I think that there's the jury is still out on how they can perform against that top quality competition. One thing that we haven't mentioned is Northwestern's um, strong play in Big Ten uh, conference games so far. They're three and zero in the conference, and, and none of those wins are against ranked teams: Michigan, Johns Hopkins, Ohio State. But it, can Northwestern take the approach that some of these games against a team like Penn can be a good tune-up for the conference games that that are ultimately the most important ones? Well, definitely, and um, more so in women's lacrosse than many of the sort of sports you hear a lot about, like basketball and football. Uh, really, the, the bulk of the schedule is non-conference. So while these conference games are very important, um, partially because there are so few of them to uh, get the right seed for the Big Ten tournament, um, really a lot of their schedule and a lot of the games that the rankings committee are looking at are non-conference games. So I don't think you can differentiate them too much. Um, but definitely, um, you looking just at the last two games, they had a tough one against Penn where they had a lead in the second half and then uh, really sort of fell apart in the last 20 minutes, and they managed to bounce back from that with arguably their most dominant performance of the year, uh, really going into Columbus and uh, routing the Buckeyes. So uh, I think that you can definitely see uh, some improvement on a game-to-game basis. We're looking at this Penn State game coming up on Thursday. It's the number five Mitty Lions coming to town. Do you sense that this um, could be one of the most important games of the season for Northwestern at home? You mentioned they got the win against Ohio State. They've won, what, four of their last five, and a chance to kind of get a win that would announce to some people that Northwestern's not just a team that's kind of hanging around, taking care of business against lesser opponents, and can really play with some of those top teams. I, I would say so. This is um, the the first time they've really faced a top team that's in the Big Ten. Uh, so that alone, that combination makes it especially important. Um, and being at home, uh, the Cats have had a lot of home games lately. They've been getting into a bit of a routine here uh, on the lakeshore. And I think that this is a chance to make a statement and show that this recent hot streak can continue against a, a really top flight competition. Uh, you look at Penn State. Uh, they're number five in the country, as you said, um, second in the conference in uh, goals a game, first in assists a game, second in ground balls won a game, second in shots per game. They're really across the board a very successful team, 
And so if Northwestern can find a way to neutralize those factors and uh, get uh, a win here, I think that could make a real statement that the Wildcats are are back to being a contender like they have been in many of the past years. Yeah, and just looking back at last year's schedule, and Northwestern came on strong towards the end of the season, got a a big win at home in the Big Ten tournament against Penn State, who was uh, number 10 at that point, and that was in the Big Ten semifinals. Uh, I did want to talk briefly about last year. Northwestern was 11-10, Again, they, they were inconsistent. They lost a lot of games against highly ranked teams, uh, really blew out some teams at the bottom end of the conference. Do you sense, though, that this team uh, does have something special in it that could allow it to be more than just uh, a team that, that kind of sneaks into the NCAA tournament and then makes a pretty quick exit? Well, I think the, the real key is the underclassmen. Um, they've... Uh, they've of three of the four players who have started every game for Northwestern this season are sophomores, um, and uh, there have been a few freshmen making a big impact too. So that's something that Northwestern hasn't always had in the past, is really four classes of impact players. And while they aren't maybe as experienced as some of the past ones, they have more balance and they have uh, sort of a, some new faces that, that weren't around for last year's or weren't playing for last, uh, much in last year's run. And so if, if those players can continue to improve and uh, maybe in a couple weeks become even more impact players, uh, I think that could be the factor that pushes the Cats farther than, than they got last year. i put you on the spot a little bit here. In your mind, what constitutes a successful season for Northwestern? Obviously the expectations are sky high with, what, seven national titles in a decade here not too long ago. And though that time has passed a little bit and it's clear that Northwestern is no longer the pinnacle of the sport that it once was and the competitive balance across women's lacrosse is so much greater than it ever has been and ironically uh, that's because so many programs have copied what Kelly Monte Hiller did at Northwestern which led to so much success but can it still be a successful season Ben if Northwestern sneaks into the NCAA tournament, maybe wins one game like they did last year, taking out a, a Louisville team that um, that they were far superior than, and then gets ousted by a top team? Or is this a team that has enough talent, has the ability to play well enough, gets the contributions from four classes, like you said, that it needs to do something a little bit extra for players to walk out of the locker room for the last time this season and say, you know what, we did some good things? I would say it does need to do more than just one win in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you look back at at history, and that's sort of like the baseline for this team. That that's like the minimum that they accomplished. So, um, if they they're probably going to need to win at least two games in the NCAA tournament to to make it a successful year. The problem has been um, that they keep running into Maryland. Uh, last year it wasn't a loss to Maryland that knocked them out, but each of the previous two years it was. Uh, they finished up the regular season again this year with Maryland, and the Terrapins have really become the dominant team in the sport. Uh, Northwestern struggled to even come close to them recently, and so if uh, if they can avoid running into Maryland, they need to win all the games that they can and try to get deep into the tournament, um, because outside of Maryland, I think they believe that they can probably compete with just about every team in the country. Uh, you look, and they've already played the number two team, UNC, earlier this year. Uh, they lost by five, but that was a road game, and um, they were only down by one at halftime, so... I think that they believe they can compete with just about everyone, and I think they're going to need to do a little bit more than they have the past couple of years to, to fulfill that. Is that the sense you get in talking to Coach Kelly Amante Hiller regularly that, you know, just, just kind of going through the motions, I guess, a little bit, the, the status quo of, 
winning a couple games here, winning a couple games there isn't going to cut it and that they're they're striving to do better than than what they've had in recent seasons? Well, I don't think that Coach Monta Hiller is ever going to really expressly say that. It's it's sort of all like, I mean, we're just trying to win this the current game that they're not going to give a lot of big picture. And she's, um, uh, she's, she's used to success, so uh, I'm sure the expectations are high every year. But... Um, I, I think that she's probably in alignment with, with what I was talking about earlier and that they need to win at least a couple NCAA tournament games to sort of get some um, upward momentum back in this program that already has such a high level sustained success, but if anything has been declining a little bit in the past few years. I want to go back briefly to Selena Lesoto. We talked about her earlier. Now that Northwestern has started to figure out, it looks like a little bit, how to play without her, her status is still unknown. There's there's not a lot of timeline for her return, but there is hope that she'll be back at some point before the end of the season. What could inserting her back into the lineup, getting her back onto the field, what kind of jolt could that provide this team? Well, there's no question that Lasota is, is one of the most, not the most dynamic uh, playmaker and scorer on this team. She had eight goals in four games, including four against a really top team in Notre Dame before getting hurt. And then if you look back last year, the numbers were even more impressive. Um, she, I'm pulling it up right now just to get the exact numbers, but uh, she had 50 goals, which was good for second on the team, and 67 points, which tied for the team lead. And that's with the player Kaylee Craig, who's no longer on this team. Um, so if you look at Lasota, she definitely has the most experience and the most firepower over time of anyone on the roster. Uh, you're right that they really haven't given much information on what her status is when she could be back, but if she can manage to get back into the roster, maybe in one of the tournaments uh, after the end of the regular season, that would provide a big boost that would probably surpass even what I was talking about earlier about the sophomores and freshmen stepping up. All right, as we wrap things up here, I think it's time for a few predictions. So we'll start with Thursday's big contest against Penn State. It's the Nittany Lions and the Wildcats in Evanston. Uh, your pick in that game, Ben, can Northwestern, number 18 in the country this week, so significantly lower ranked than Penn State, you think they can pull off a surprising win at home? You know, well, I've had some good success earlier this year uh, picking against Northwestern in football and basketball and then having Northwestern come up with a surprising win. Um, so I think uh, in the interest of satisfying the, the listeners of this podcast, I have to pick against them again Um to, to be fair, they're one in, Northwestern is 1-5 against top 10 teams, as you mentioned earlier, and their only one win there was the first one they played against a top 10 team this season. Uh, so I think the stats say that the odds are they won't be able to knock off Penn State. I think they definitely have a very realistic chance to, and if you look at the talent on paper, they're probably just as equal as the Nittany Lions. But uh, I think that until they can prove me wrong, I'm going to have to say that uh, they might lose a tough one this on Thursday. All right, Big Ten Tournament. Uh, Maryland and Penn State look like the top two teams in the conference. Can Northwestern uh, pull out a win uh, maybe in the Big Ten semis, or do you think uh, Northwestern's run at the Big Ten level is going to end one game short of the final? Um, well, it, it, they're probably going to have to run into a team like Penn State again um, in that game, and um, it's I guess it comes into the same situation as before, and that's also going to be not a home game that time. Uh, so 
they're going to have to, maybe they can learn something from this Thursday's game, and maybe if they win this one, they'll even get some extra confidence going that. But I, I still think the odds are they probably won't be able to win that, but I definitely think there's a realistic possibility they could and then have to most likely face a Maryland team that uh, is 13-0 this year and looks pretty unstoppable. And then lastly, NCAA tournament, we've talked about it throughout the podcast about the expectations are probably higher for Northwestern. One win, probably not going to be satisfactory for Northwestern. You think they get a second win, make it to quarterfinal weekend, or is it going to be a short stay for a second straight year in the NCAA tournament for Northwestern? You know, I'll switch uh, my attitude a little bit and say they will get that second win. Uh, a lot comes down to seeding. Uh, they have to have a successful regular season to try to get a higher seed and not have to play one of those top teams in the second round. And right now it looks like that might be a possibility. Um, but I'm going to go out on the limb and say that uh, this team can, can rely on its experience and its newfound depth and um, at least get at least to the third round, something they haven't done in a couple of years. All right, that's going to do it for us. That's uh, Ben Pope, Daily Northwestern Assistant Sports Editor, Lacrosse Beat Writer. Joining us on Catch Chat, the inaugural episode of Catch Chat, we sit down with Beat Writer every week, talk about a Northwestern sport, get some insight beyond what you can read in the pages. Ben, thanks for joining us. It's been an insightful chat, and uh, we look forward to more of your lacrosse coverage as the season goes on. I appreciate it. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at, at BenPope111. And, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for more lacrosse articles coming over the last four games of the regular season and into the tournaments. All right, that's going to do it for us here at the Daily Northwestern. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Catch Chat. Mm-hmm.